we are going to talk. And you're, you were just patting yourself on the back on how reliable I am like, honestly, though, I am. Yeah. Because I, you know. I work for, like, so many different organizations now, and it's a lot. And yeah. I was ta- on the phone with, like, all of my bosses today. You're one of the bosses. And I, Adrian was listening, and I was like, I all my boss. bosses love me. Like, because I always show up on time. I always do what I'm supposed to do. All these other motherfuckers call out sick. Like, I'm the shit. Fuck y'all. <laughs> there we have it, folks. Let's go. This is Lil MC. This is Unlearn the World. And you're listening to Ratchet and Woke. 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 Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome, 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 welcome. Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com is the email to send your details and all the things. Wow. Unlearn the world. Lil MC. I feel like potting today. I feel like Hi. fucking potting. And it's only because we only have like 20 minutes. Potty, potty, potty. Yeah, you, yeah, you hit me like, I need coffee. And I was like. I do need coffee. I'm exhausted. I said We've been I doing... give you dick twiddles. <laughs> I'm even better. Even better. <laughs> Um, uh, that'll right. liven you up. Yeah, right? <laughs> let's get into it. But we've been exhausted because we've been outside, yes. right? It's been Agents of Change week. We're and for those of you who like don't that. know yeah. what that is, which people probably don't. Well, no, it's 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 the yearly um, summer camp that we throw for Hip Hop for Change as, as artist educators, where we bring kids out into the wilderness and we teach them about the environment, eco-justice, environmental racism, climate and tie change. tie it in with hip hop. And then we tie it in with hip hop and, and they do hip hop projects. And it's really great. And we have a really great group of kids. Um, and we're doing it in San Francisco this year for the first time. And they're seeming to be really excited about everything. They're super there. excited. I love yeah. park people, man. Yeah, they are they, so hype. Like, yeah, they I don't. They even... don't get to see this level of cool ever. They're yes. running around with ground squirrels. No, all the but time, they. So. No, no. They they added me on. on that they're cool. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they're cool. You know. No, yeah, they're totally. Cool. I think they're ratchet and woke. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Charlie. Shout yeah, out to Constance. Shout real. out to whoever else. You know, um, Francesca. Francesca, was cool. James, she had Hecka, all the all the people. Piercings. Yeah, Jen. <laughs> they're never gonna watch this. I don't know. If name dropping. Maybe they will. They might. That's the vibe. You're you right. have Constance on. Did we say that? I say said that. Constance? I said, let's have Constance with we bug wraps. And totally you're like, no one wants Constance. bug wraps. And I was like, I want a bug wrap. I want a bug wrap. Yeah, we get I, her yeah, on yeah. I, I'm going to change my mind. Yeah, on thank I you. I think we should totally have Constance but on. But no, it's been, it's been, honestly, like, I have been so exhausted this whole fucking summer from working so much. Yeah. And I feel completely revitalized from working Agents of Change because we have so many instructors and not a lot of students. And we're outdoors. And we're outside. And it's like, I, I feel like I want to, it's like, I'm, I'm excited to teach. I'm excited to let other people teach. I'm excited to sit back and show as and opposed to like teach, yeah. me having to teach solo classes back to back to back when kids that don't even want to give, give a fuck about being there. And they're like, I don't want to do this. Exactly. It's just like a whole different, it, it leeches the energy out of you. This is like gives me energy yeah. gives me life gives me inspiration so it's fucking dead and we're feeding you and paying <laughs> i mean i'm getting paid on my other shit too yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. so no it's just it's just an overall good vibe and i shit, love you know the people it's, that we work with like yeah it's just i, I could do this really all fun. year for reals. <laughs> it's really fun and we just we, we're gonna find more and more ways to expand it make it bigger and better you know, and make it like a really big. I'm, I'm, I see it. I see it on the horizon. I've been to I've been go to my, like a really big national, like like I've somewhere in like Gold Grand shit. Canyon or something. Well, shit like, like we that. we've been talking to the Sierra Club about bringing it to them and having us get access to their national parks. And, and you're like, gonna actually have to go that. in the wilderness because when you were saying we're in the wilderness. <laughs> Like, no, we're going to be with bears instead of ground squirrels. You want to be with bears so bad. 
I love that shit. I love being bears? able to, bears. Uh, I or love being the, near bears. That being can... near bears, being near, like being far away from from human contact. Yes, or like if I'm camping with people, but I don't have to see or hear cars. Or, like, there's no city lights, so I can look up and I can see hecka stars. Like, I love being removed from that. It's fucking dope. Yeah, it helps you tap into, like, your, your, uh, just kind of your body, really. Because your body's made from Earth, right? So the closer you are to Earth and, like, the wilderness, you, it, you just, you're, you're, you feel it different, you know? Like, I I thought I was gonna be, I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted today, but I thought going into it, having not worked this kind of, uh, program in so mm-hmm. long that I was just going to be dead tired every single day or just like not mm-hmm. have the stamina to do it and I'm actually like I'm, I'm super excited like I've, I like moving around and like and getting a, up and walking around it's a later start and, which I like you know it's a later start I think ne- <laughs> no next week we're going to start earlier at but, nine. <laughs> yeah, I know but, but it's nine. closer so yes, you don't have to deal true. with the traffic or yeah. any of that no, stuff we only you know have to leave saying? a little bit earlier so yeah, it's so, not that big of a deal you know but that's what we've been doing pretty much all week and a lot of things have been going on in the news Um, I know just, nothing of it except for maybe like <laughs> I know you go thing. like yeah we don't have any topics I'm like yo like the world is on fire revolution and food shortages that like, happened on a TV show we watched last <laughs> night. And that was Little Haiti in Miami. Exactly. <laughs> Yo, I was going to fall off the chair like or the couch or whatever I was on. It when was you the said bed. That, I was going to fall off. It was hilarious. <laughs> We've been watching the show Startup on Netflix. And it takes place, most of it is in Little Haiti because one of the characters is Haitian. And he's like a former drug lord or he whatever is a current drug is. lord no because he put up the gen coin money and then uh, now he's out We're of not, business this, this is not a i digress but in any pod. case it takes place in little haiti but meanwhile haiti has been in political turmoil their president was like murdered um people are like several different people are claiming um leadership mm-hmm. in the country so no one knows who's doing it, what was it a coup was it an assassination it wasn't a coup was it? it was one of those political as often happens in destabilized countries in the caribbean or south america where the elections no one really believes in the elections, so other people are claiming that they won and whatever the case is like what is. trump tried to do yeah, similar to that. As far as I understand, I'm not I'm not pulling from facts, so please don't quote me or blame me or use me as your source of wisdom in this. We but, are their source <laughs> of everything right now. But know that they're going through political turmoil. Venezuela is going through political turmoil. Cuba is going through political turmoil, and a lot of it has to do with access to vaccines, which is interesting. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Which I also think, like, when the news is reporting about, like, oh, these countries are fighting each other for vaccines, it's kind of like reverse psychology. Like, they want you to get vaccinated, so they're showing you how popular it is for other countries. Like, yeah. You know, I, th- that's no, where I, my brain Now goes I'm really that. getting concerned, because, like, my my mom had touched about it. She's like, yeah, your dad's a little worried about your, your abuela in Venezuela. But, but like, I, I don't know. The way she talked about it wasn't really, I, I didn't. I didn't pursue further knowledge about it. Yeah. And now you're making me kind of have anxiety. Like, <laughs> no, I need to tap I'm in. sorry about that. Goddamn. Like, <laughs> make sure everything's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Anytime someone's like, I have Venezuela, I'm like, oh, what? What else? You know, it's or or up. even like, I mean, even in Dominican Republic, which is, it, it's embarrassing. Um, but it appears that, <laughs> and I, I had to read this twice. So it appears that they, they have, res- they have lifted any laws that protect people from being convicted for LGBTQ hate crimes. So if you are, if you are, if you violently assault somebody of the LGBTQ community specifically for that, like as a hate crime, 
you cannot be convicted in the in Dominican Republic. But you can be convicted of a, just a domestic violence or like violence. Yeah, you could probably get the yeah, but, but just not a, to the but, severity of a hate crime. Exactly, okay. not to the severity of the hate crime. It's not so like it's just like you all know. violence is illegal except against the LGBTQ. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you could totally be convicted of violence, absolutely, but it's not it's not going to be factored in that this person was gay. Right. I'm honestly shocked that Dominican Republic had that law in the first place. It's 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 sti- it staggers the imagination what kind of laws they have on the books in that country. Right. Yeah. I'm, like I'm the, it, the president, I think it was a few years ago. He he they they lifted the property or the citizenship rights of Haitians who immigrated to the Dominican Republic, and it, they retroactively did it. So anything after 1939. You were not considered an American, uh, a Dominican citizen. So you could have been from Haiti. Your parents or your great great grandparents could have migrated from Haiti to Dominican Republic in 1942, and for the rest of your family's lineage, they were Dominicans or they grew up in the Dominican mm-hmm. Republic. But this new law retroactively removes your citizenship and removes any rights you have to Dominican um, rights or civil rights or anything. Damn! What the yeah, fuck? It, 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 it's backwards as fuck. It's a really yeah. fucked up country. Our parents came from the most fucked up countries. <laughs> like it's really. I, I don't know how they do it. Like, my mother lives down there. I don't know how she does it. It's like... She lives in her abode and just insulates herself from <laughs> everything. Do not get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, though... Living like a drug lord and we lived like let, slum. <laughs> yeah. You can make a movie about oh, it. Oh, God. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about fun shit, though. So yes. we we went out, you know? We, we was went, out on these streets. We, we was touching the people. And it was fucking fun. Oh, my and God. And it was like... I, this is the first time I went, I've been to a club Fam. since pre-COVID. Touching the people out here in these Like, my music out? video was the last big Party. ass. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Okay, let's just say club. I haven't been to a club where there was a DJ, because like your birthday lights. wasn't really I wasn't a club. No, that nah. was a, it was a party. Yeah. It was a function. And I went to Atlanta and I went to a big ass crowded bar and that was scary. But and, like it wasn't this, it wasn't a club, you know. Right, it was right, the first right. club. And I, yeah. not to say I really like clubs, but now and now actually in my sobriety, I kind of like them. Because I don't have to talk to annoying people. I can just listen to dope music. But if the music is shitty, that, then I don't like it. It has to be dope music. It right? has to be and good And it wasn't music. even just a club. So shout out to Neck of the Woods. Because yes. what they do is they do comedy night downstairs. And that was hilarious. It was ho- so really great. great. Shout we out had to my no man. tickets. They let us in for free. I know. Shout out to my man Mike from Old Soul Collective who was there. We had just missed his set when I got there. And he's funny as shit. Oh, man. Like really Let's funny. go to more. Yeah. So, But then, like, yeah, they let us in without having to pay. Um, which seems swaggy, but they just basically asked everybody to donate at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. At the, at the time, he was just like, come in. And we yeah, were like, oh, like, look oh, at us. We were like, oh, but he's then, opening. But then. Yeah. But then we went upstairs. He came around and was like, uh, okay, so you guys have tickets to upstairs? Like, we don't have tickets to upstairs. He's but like, nah, we can give you, you some money. And he gave us like a little table. We were yeah, like we the first little, people in there. I was yeah, we like, had like okay. a little reserved table yeah. action. And I was getting. He's like, you need drinks? I was like, I don't drink, but I'll take 17 Red Bulls. Yeah, I was getting lap dances from Miss Lassie over here. It was a vibe. It was a vibe. It was a vibe. And it was like, you know, 90s, 2000s shit. Like, it was really cool. Then they switched it up to, then we're like, all right, we've been here for like two hours and they play a shitty song with Dip and they played like J Lo and we're like, all right, that's our cool. I'm cool, yeah. Unless it's Jenny from the block, I'm not staying for J Lo. Totally not. And shout out to DJ Beats Me. You know what I'm saying? It's the homie. I've, I've seen him do a bunch of sets, but I haven't seen him in a long time. So it was good to see that. 
Um, you know, and it was just good to see people back out. And shout out to the Asian couple in front of us that were fucking gigging. I love watching Yo, people it dance. Was like, it was a choreographed dance. vibe. Oh and my it looked God. like a goddamn music video. It was I love really watching people fucking get their <laughs> shit off on the dance floor. Yeah, it was, so it was like, you know what I'm saying? And like, we were going but then the you best... scurried away when we did the electric oh my God, slide or like yeah, the, the cha cha slide. Enough, or whatever they made the me do that. And I really hate that dance. That, that, <laughs> to the left. I, yeah. I make fun of everyone that does it. But because he made a whole stink about it, I was like, I don't stay for this. No, then but, but it makes sense because you did weddings. You host, or you oh my were a bartender at weddings. I fucking hate it. that Got shit. It. Yeah, yeah makes, fucking now, hate it. That, that explains a lot to me. Yeah, it it's so me. corny to me. I fucking hate weddings. But the fact then, you scurried off. No, and, like, no like, because I, I did that way. one, all right? And then they had us do another one. And I was oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh my God, all right, enough. It's a little bit overkill. Yeah, and I was like, I don't feel like trying to like learn your two steps right now. Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and wipe this sweat off me. But. We are going to another amazing looking event. I'm yes. very excited about it. Yes. I haven't stopped talking about it all week since you <laughs> showed me it. It's this WAP fucking DJ party where they're going to have Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B lookalikes, lookalikes there that you can do meet and greets with. They're going to have twerk <laughs> contests and they're going to have a drag show, a Meg Thee Stallion, Cardi B drag show, and they're playing all the ratchet female music all night yeah. long giving away pool floaties it's like do you are you tapping into my email <laughs> for him i just a basic bitch like i don't know either way <laughs> fuck this i'm going guilty as charged yeah this shit is gonna be lit like i love a drag show like oh i love God. rupaul's drag race like i'm so excited <laughs> i cannot contain myself like i'm getting a new uh, down floaty? for the ball like i'm gonna get lit tomorrow i'm gonna show all the nipples <laughs> beach floaty not in front of the children <laughs> They're not going to be there. <laughs> it is 18 and up, actually. There yeah, will be children there. will there. be children. I hate 18 and up events. I think events. everything's going to be 18 and up now. I think that a new events, as things open up, because venues need to bring in the revenue, mm. they're going to make things 18 and up. Okay. Which is going to kind of stank up. The yeah. Joint. Anytime I've been to any concerts, even when I was like 20, I didn't like 18 and up events. But you know what I realized? Like, I, That's because I, I drank. I, I haven't like really been to an 18 and up function in a minute, but I think a lot of venues are doing it because like people are grown and they have grown kids. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> yeah, I think people are grown and they have grown kids, so they want to bring their kids out to an event that they want to go to. So but why can't like an, their grown kids do their grown grown shit? I don't know. I don't think, I think that's a terrible hypothesis because not. when know. I'm 18, I'm not going with my first, mom the first anywhere. So, <laughs> the, weirdo. the first 18 and up club I went to out here in San Francisco was, was City Nights. No, and I went, I went with my ex-wife and the first thing I saw when I walked in there was a girl bleeding because she got hit in the face with a bottle some sort of bottle yes that is it my was the vibe. first thing i walked in to see and i was like oh this is oh let me let me tell you a story and then there was this, this weird indian guy in a trench coat standing like in a corner the whole looking night. looking sus very <laughs> sus like he was fucking it was criminal what was going he had a black leather jacket like he was michael kane in an 80s film it was really fucking oh, bizarre wow, what a reference <laughs> nah so one time i was in um it was a duster and you love yourself i love duster. a duster <laughs> fuck that got me wet okay one time <laughs> The guy in the duster got you I mean, wet. just the word duster. It's fucking gross. One, <laughs> I love a duster. One time I was in uh, Panic, a.k.a. Skinny, a.k.a. Jesse's music video, and I was the one that was hit by Karen Less with a bottle on the head and had, like, blood all over me. Fake blood in the music video that I don't think ever actually came out. And 
later i was hammered as fuck when we shot this i almost didn't do the shoot because it was like 3 p.m on a saturday and i was lit day drinking yeah yeah um later that night was one of my friend's birthday parties in the city at emporium okay and it was like a furry animal themed party oh jeez. so i just like kept the blood on my face like it looked fucking frightening and just put like a furry hat on my head and just went <laughs> like that to this party and anytime i walked in and at this point i had forgotten because now i'm progressively getting more and more hammered and every time i walk by someone people look so concerned for me because i have like this ga- gaping blood wound all over my face and i'm just like la da 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 so they're like dude is she concussed like does she need to go to a hospital i just spent totally the whole dead. night like, like yo, that what the fuck like oh this little thing now nah, just little don't worry about it <laughs> It it's was quite fake a night. Acting. <laughs> I was like, I'm roadkill. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. Anyways. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed all of our hot topics. Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. gave you the news. What else did we got? Did oh, we I thought else? we were done. Yeah, uh, yeah we, I mean, we got some things. Yeah, um, just one more thing. Oh, okay. A couple of things. Um, we've been watching this new doc called Tyrants on Netflix, Fucking which I know you, I, I didn't want to know if to bring it up or not. Cause I know you're going to go down, you know, go on a tangent on I'm Tyrants. Not go, no, no okay. it's, it's really interesting. It's just, it is. what, what I find very interesting as it was Tell a stoner what it is, thought. Though. Well, so the premise of the entire documentary, it's narrated by Peter Dinklage from, uh, Game of Thrones. What? I didn't know that was him. Yeah. You don't even watch narrator. Game of Thrones. How do you know him? Because he's a cultural icon. He's this, oh. he's a little person who like is a big star in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Like he he lives he's living the dream. You I was actually thinking flowers. of a different person. So oh. <laughs> then you said little person. In, in any case, but period. so it's narrated by Peter Dinklage. It's a whole. It chronicles the lives and the rise to power of multiple different tyrants throughout the course of history. We're talking Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Idi Amin, Muammar Mussolini, Gaddafi, they Mussolini, Saddam, um, Saddam, Hussein. Saddam Hussein. It's fascinating just to see their ascent to power, how they try to keep power. It's similar to the book Forty Eight Laws of Power, if you've ever. No. read that book but it kind of shows you like you've what... read every book that has the word law in it i'm starting to think really? you have like a weird what, what fantasy about it the laws of attraction no the four principles no the four agreements i don't know not laws <laughs> moving on so tyrant really great documentary style series um and it breaks down all of these things what i particularly found interesting yesterday when i was watching the episode on muammar gaddafi um, and this was like... Is that when you kept saying his name? And I was Muammar. Like, yeah, Muammar. I was like, what are you saying? Because I was, <laughs> I was just trying practicing my Arabic. Muammar. Because it's Muammar. <laughs> it's not Muammar. It's Muammar. But like I was in the room and every like 30 seconds he just kept going, Muammar. And I'm like, are you all right? <laughs> are you asking for me in a weird like accent? <laughs> Mommy or something. Like, Don't call me that. <laughs> I'm calling you I... Muammar Gaddafi. <laughs> No, you have the worst nicknames for me, bro. Like, not Muammar. No, I'm, yeah, I'm totally not calling you Muammar. <laughs> In any case, so it's Ma- a fucking dictator name. Like, can we think of a better pet name? Um. So, <laughs> no. So, okay. Long story short. So, I'm watching this right, and they they cover a bunch of dictators from the Middle East, and I found it really interesting that they don't talk about the House of Saud. Right, the Beitul Saud is is the House of Saud. The Saudi, I don't know what that means. Beitul Saud is the Saudi royal family. Okay. The House of Saud is how they call it, right? 
Arabia up to the point of this family taking over the co- the country, which is called Arabia. It mm-hmm. wasn't called Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. The reason it's called Saudi Arabia is because nice. of this one family Got it. ran everything. And the dude had like a thousand brothers, a thousand freaking children. And, and they like, all banged they each other? Continue, I mean, they continue to live. They continue to run the country. And, you know, they're, they're guilty in many cases as with by of just as much violence and suppression of free speech and all of this as any of these dictators but the reason why you may or may not see the reason why you may not see a documentary or have them covered in this is because they provide the United States with oil right mm. like that's part of the reason we even tolerate them right it's one of the reasons why they say 19 of the hijackers that made 911 happen came from the Saudi America Saudi Arabia but the United States never invaded them. We went to fucking invade Iraq. We mm. went to Afghanistan. Did nothing to Saudi Arabia because they provide us oil and they, you know, oh, they're in bed with the We are some shady socks. It was a very, so it's a very interesting docuseries. Um, other entertainment things that we've been watching. We talked about Lisey's story oh, last no, no, week. I got, I got you some yeah. things. Give me some things. Okay, so um, Lil Dirk just yes. had a home invasion. Did you know that? No, no. Okay, what happened just there? Just real quickly. Um him and his girl, who I guess is one of the singers or winners on The Voice. Okay, They were in their house, and their house got invaded, so they had to shoot back, and they're fine, and everything's cool. But it was they, it was in their house in Atlanta, and um, they live in, like, obviously, like, a gated community. Totally. And there were, like, heck of cops out, and so it was just, you know, there's lots of police in the area. So I haven't read that much into the story. I was but they were shooting you, back. I mean, it, you know, it's... It, it's interesting because then it makes you think about pop smoke and, and like, like yeah. you know, what I'm saying those kind of situations and where people are getting the, your your information on where you live and all. And of again, that. this is like TMZ, which so I don't. And then I just read about this today, so maybe more stuff will come out about it. Um, interestingly enough, there's been more stuff being coming out about the police officers that have been playing Taylor Swift, the Beatles, oh. country music, yeah, um, and other popular music. Because now there's the, like this debate. But, well, okay, so number one, this isn't like a new thing. And this isn't an isolated incident that's only happening in certain areas. And we it were happened, talking about this on last episode. Yeah, last right? episode yeah. of the pod if you want to catch up. So it's happened in Alameda County where we are. Yeah. And L.A. and then other parts, a couple other, other parts of the country. And it's what's happening is people are live streaming their in, encounters or interactions with cops either at protests or in police offices. Right. You know, to show in, something that's... And then playing pop music. Yes, so that, and so yeah. what's happening is they're saying like, "Oh, this this is infringing upon my free speech," and so, but really, they're it's not because. So, so what's happening is they're like, "Can we sue?" It's like not really because you're still exercising your right it's to a free very, speech. It's, it's like a lawyer's wet dream. This yeah, and, argument. and yeah. then they're like, "Okay, well, can the artist like Taylor Swift sue them for using their music inappropriately?" And it's like, "No, not really." And then it's like, "Well." What, where is the issue lie? And it's more like the copyright laws from Instagram and YouTube because 100%. those are all algorithms. Those aren't run by people. Yeah, and all they're doing all is detect. Up, yeah. And what they're really trying to protect, and I was just watching this on Vice News if anyone else wants to see that. It's really fascinating. Is they're trying to protect the artist from losing royalties or anything in the case that someone records at their concert and live streams it, which to me is so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. I think that it, they're, so, they're so strict with those copyright laws because people that are actually the creators of their own music are being 
are getting their music taken down and at times being sued for playing their own music that they created during their own live streams. Yeah. So it's, it's so it's, problematic. I mean, you have a whole swath of artists, Taylor Swift included, who are re-recording their catalog yeah, in, mm -hmm. in order to regain the, the ownership rights to it because they no longer own the catalog. Right. And now the business model is catalogs are being sold. It, it's almost like people's debt, right? That's, that's what created the housing mm -hmm. crisis. You had all these banks buying other banks' debt. And then they were selling it to other banks and selling it to other banks. And then when everything fell and it was time to call the call in the margins, nobody knew who owed anybody what. Whoa, for where, real? That's yeah. shady as fuck. <laughs> where now it's with these with with the major labels and and just you artists. know well known artists in general. They're selling their catalogs. Their catalogs are being bought and then resold to other places. And it's I think it's just kind of like a side chain monopoly. I think they're all. I think all of this ownership is going to go into the same direction. I think it's all going up to the big the three, labels, yeah, Sony, Universal, Warner Music Group, and whatever the case is. And they're holding their. Catalogs and then people are like, "Well, Taylor Swift is rich as fuck already." But it's like, dude, wouldn't you be upset if you created something and it made? billions of fucking dollars and someone else was reaping all the benefits from that and you had no control over it. Totally. Like, whether I mean, or not you have enough money or I mean, not. I'm speaking about what going, was going on with Britney Spears. Right, exactly. Right? The conservatorship the and like her trying, I mean, at least the judge now gave her the right to pick her own lawyer. But like the fact that she's in 11, for 11 years, she hasn't had the right to say no to doing autonomy. a tour, to yeah. say no to doing a show, to say no, to choose what dance moves she wants to do. And, you know, like she, she was like trying to switch up dance moves and they were like saying Britney is being difficult and like all this. I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy. And then it's like to not be able to have a baby, like it's just fucked up. So, yeah, it just it, it just speaks to like where where people end up or how they transcend into becoming a brand that is so popular and makes so much money that it supersedes you as an individual. Oh my God. And then there's that <laughs> pop show we've been watching too. We're like, oh my God, all, fascinating. Damn, <laughs> so many interesting things on TV right now. So which many is like, We should really things. be getting outside. But yeah, like all of the biggest pop songs in the world were made by Swiss composers and, or no, Swedish, 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 Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. Um, and like the, and, and it's so interesting because Swedish etiquette this has nothing to do with like anything baked into their laws or anything but it's just like the way that they are is there it, it's you know consider it, it's off-putting for them or for anyone to talk about themselves talk about themselves yeah. brag about themselves so for them to be behind the biggest songs NSYNC Backstreet Boys 98 Degrees Britney Spears Christina Aguilera like um uh Bruno Mars like hella pop shit from back in the day all the way to now fucking hella Swedish composers and they're yeah. low, 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 low. But they, they're cool doing that. Like, and it's like the, I don't know, it's just they, so yeah, fucking Yeah, they don't have to stunt, they don't have to They had ABBA no. and then that was like it, <clears throat> I you mean, know? ABBA fucking had us. No, then they had oh, Ace that, of Bass. Yeah, Ace of Bass and ABBA. <laughs> so, and Ace yeah, of Bass is low-key Don't sleep, well. don't sleep on the Swedes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, let's get into our interview with uh, the homie Kid Enzo. Yes. Uh, doing some really cool things over there in LA. Let's, let's do it. Get, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, okay. so we were just we were just talking about your wonderful lights over there, the, the ambiance <laughs> shot, you finding your zen, like there you go. the whole gotta have the mood when I'm making the music, you know? Ah, exactly. Music. Sets exactly. the mood. <laughs> For those who don't know who we are on the phone with or on the line with is the one and only Kid Enzo, breakdance extraordinaire, musician, beatmaker, <laughs> all the things, bro. Bilingual like, educator. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. All Let's go. Things. <laughs> did we miss anything did we leave anything out oh no wait we did saxophone 
player. I, didn't, <laughs> yeah, I said musician. I didn't say saxophone player specifically, but that's that's kind of yeah, like your so calling. Much... That's like you, you know, you 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 do these dope b boy videos with your saxophone, with either yourself doing the b boy stuff with another musician, or you playing the saxophone and have a b boy. Um, or another dancer, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. another dancer. So for those who, who may not be familiar with you, go ahead and introduce yourself, speak about what you do, who you are, all those things. Well, you already did an excellent job okay. <laughs> <laughs> introducing yeah. me. But yeah. um, yeah, for those that don't know, my name is Kid Enzo. That's K-I-D, Killing It Daily. Ooh, um, yeah. And I'm a B-boy musician. World's first in my, well, that I know. <laughs> and you're you're based in L.A., right? Yeah, based in Los Angeles. There we go. Live in North Hollywood, to be exact. There we go. And you yeah, was, and you were just out here, right? I was just out in Hollywood. Yeah, we yeah, missed each other, man. You was, you went to LA, and I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I went the opposite way. direction. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. I see him like playing his saxophone down Forty Second Street. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, and I'm in Hollywood. Exactly. It's so weird. <laughs> Damn, you should have just stayed at his spot. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I had made I had made a quick trip to um to SF too. What? Oh, uh, when? The other week. And I was thinking, like, who do I know in SF? Yeah, we out here, man. <laughs> and I was like, day, like yeah, we by the time I left, I remembered. I was like, dang, Lil MC, yeah. Marlon. <laughs> you with us, probably. Totally. We, we would have put need... some checks in your hand, yeah. bro. Like, we would have been yeah. stuck. <laughs> but we're not that far from each other, so we'll, we'll yeah, make something be, happen. We're going you know? to be down there soon. First week of August, we're going to be down there, you know, getting in. In LA? Yeah. 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 Okay. Perfect. It's a vibe. I'll, I'll make sure to stay around yes. <laughs> this so time. You, you know. Have you been doing a lot of traveling, like throughout the pandemic, or or now that things uh, are opened up? Like, well, yeah, like, um, well, a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. just like keeping it smart with the traveling. Like, I'm not gonna go back to South America anytime soon or <laughs> yeah. anything like that because oh. all of the U.S. Well, this is like a topic you know that me and my friends talk about all the time with the vaccine and everything, but all of the US, Europe, and I think China and, and some other uh, continents have the vaccine available to them, right? Yeah. But then South America, basically all the poor countries don't Pretty have the vaccine yet. Like riding and it's, it's creating yeah. a lot of like uh, yeah. political- Yeah, not to get too deep or anything, but, but no, yeah. as far as traveling, no. like, yeah. Just keeping it, you know, like, uh, above the equator. To my abuela in Venezuela, <laughs> my dad was like, yeah. her how she can't get it, and she's like 97, and I'm like, yo, I will put some in my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I will go. You're wilding, yeah. yeah. And give it to her. She needs to live. Like, she this is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, can't say nothing about that. But <laughs> I'm going to leave that to you. I'm going to leave that, you know, but, I'm with uh, you. But, but have you been... Like how 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 have you been navigating through the pandemic? Have you been overly cautious? Is it like one of those things where like you're still wearing masks, you're still giving people fist bumps? Like, are, are, mm. that, are you vaccinated? Like, what's your? I mean, I don't want to get too. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep <laughs> in this shit. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's a deep, yeah, deep topic. Some... <laughs> but overall, like how I've been navigating through it is just common sense. Yeah, just like you know, just think about it. You know, like any any disease like yeah. if you if you next to somebody and, and you see him coughing what's the first thing you do you just move away a little bit <laughs> you know just like slightly. okay you get, yeah you don't want to get caught in that you don't want to get sick you don't want to get a cold you want to keep you know your schedule and you want to work so yeah just common sense with they wearing my mask keeping my distance and 
And I've been doing, you know, I'm pretty dis disciplined with that. So you kind of treat everyone now like they have herpes, which we should <laughs> do in general. Like, pretty I'm not much gonna like let you guilty until proven in innocent. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah imagine know? if like it was a mark you were on your face, like, <laughs> like everyone that you know yeah. has COVID has like a little uh, birthmark on their face or something. Whoa. Yeah, or like it's ugly That's or like something. You know, you don't want it's that. Ugly. <laughs> Like that's the ugly a, people don't have like an ugly people. birthmark. <laughs> yeah, that's a plot to like a dystopian cyberpunk Ooh. future like movie. That would be dope. <laughs> yeah. Be yeah. So I have a question. You said that you're the first musician B boy. Do you mean like the first mm -mm. that breaks amplitude? <laughs> like I wouldn't say musician time? B boy, but um, I would say I mean unless somebody you know proved me wrong, uh, I'm the first one to play like saxophone and, and breakdance at the same time okay yeah, i would believe that yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> your, brand as, that's sure. your brand as an artist as a creative like that's what you yeah you've combined these worlds of movement and music and all of those things and like yeah, true musicianship yeah. exactly we but i can name yeah. like, like, like if, yo, if you rap too <laughs> we would have to fight you be like yeah <laughs> nah, i definitely I don't got that exactly he is windmilling with a saxophone in his mouth seriously yeah. How, how long have you been a musician? Like, how long? Like, did you study? Like, were you classically trained, or you just picked it up? Um. Okay. So, like, as far as uh, well, I started with with the saxophone. Um, I started that when I was like in middle school, and like, long story short, the reason I got into it was because I was interested in this girl. There we go. So, <laughs> so, so I knew <laughs> I knew she was in the band. So I was like, okay, I want to be in the band too. So I, I want to get next to her. Yeah. So, so long story short, um, yeah, I I applied, you know, to or or submitted, so to speak, to to be a part of the the middle school band, and they, you know, they they gave me a pamphlet and they were like, choose an instrument, and I literally chose it at random. I was like, <laughs> I picked that and one. Like, that one looks cool. Yeah, sax makes me think of sex. Like, boom. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. He was a sex Yo, a I kid you not. I had no idea. I had no <laughs> idea what, how a saxophone sounded, anything. None of the background uh, history of it, nothing. I just picked it at random. I was like, okay, I like that one. That's such a great story because it's like that. And now you're like, a, <laughs> like you, you're a musician, right? Like that. This, so, did, I mean, did you get the so, girl. <laughs> that, so that's, I'm getting to that. Okay. <laughs> so basically what happened was, um, you know, like, man, I was just a kid, you know, I had, I had no game. I'll, I'll keep it real with you. I had no game. So I just was like, you know, Hey, uh, can we be friends? And she gave me this weird look like, uh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Damn, so Whoa, I kind of like, you know, it was it was like a fail, you know, on on, on my part, because like I had I had joined uh, the band. I had I had my parents, you know, pay for the rental of the instrument and everything. He, he was invested. And I'm in class and I'm like, well, I'm already here. <laughs> I might as well <laughs> might as well learn how to play this thing. And it turns out I was like. I don't I don't know. Like you can ask my teachers, like my 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 music school teachers. It was just like I was a natural. Wow. Like I, I played it and he selected me immediately to do like a solo for the school um uh recital. And he, you know, I just did it. I had no idea what I was doing. 
he just guided me and he was like, all right, I want you to play, you know, rock around the clock, uh, which I think is like an old 50s song or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, all right, I want you to also play Autumn Leaves, which is like an old jazz song. And I played them and, and remembered them. And also, and I also had the sheet music in front of me just in case. Um, but at the end of the performance, I got a standing ovation. Wow. Out of the whole school, crazy. you know, faculty, parents, students, Whoa. everything. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this feeling. Yeah, she still didn't want you. <laughs> nah, yo. She's, stuck up. She's stubborn. So, <laughs> so after that, you know, I mean, well, at that point, you know, I had moved on already. It was like a whole school year, a school year, you know, of learning how to do music. I had to let that one go. I was like, you know, she's the one that she's the one that got away. All right. All right. Maybe not. But I mean, so, but she's the one who guided you into your life's purpose. So like she, maybe that she was her had role. You meet your new love. She yeah. was the white rabbit. You had to follow the white rabbit. Mm. <laughs> like the so you so ended up. Yeah, it's like serious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's crazy. So well, I mean, if I ever see her again, I would be like, well, shoot, I guess I owe you one. <laughs> <laughs> you know. She's working at a Starbucks in like Redondo Beach. <laughs> Imagine, right? She's like right down the block from me. Traveling the world with your yeah well i mean i don't remember her name but if i see a photo of her i'm pretty sure i'll I'll recognize her (laughs) don't even remember her name so then what about so long ago (laughs) how did that start is that as dope so what's so what's crazy is when breaking came into my life that came uh in freshman year of high school Mm. so when i saw that well, I was in the band already in high school as well. So I had moved from middle school and then just transferred into the high school band. So when I saw Breaking for the first time, then I let the, the saxophone down. Mm-hmm. I put that down. And I was like, you know, now in retrospect, I was like, I should have just kept both of them together. But yeah, I saw though, something else that, you know, that I liked. And then also it was like the cool thing, you know, popular mm-hmm. kids were doing it, you know. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I want to, I want to gravitate towards that and just, you know, see what I can do there. Well, that that story, you know, doesn't, ha- doesn't include a girl or anything, <laughs> as far as you know, You're getting into it. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. long story short, you know, one of my friends, uh, well, he's he's one of still one of my good friends today, um, got me into it uh, uh, through through basketball. Um, because we we connected on you know sports play yeah. basketball and then I went to his house one day and he was like preoccupied with doing these moves on the floor mm. and I was like yo are we gonna go play some ball today and he's like no 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 check out this this hand spin I'm doing on the on the ground <laughs> it looks cool right I was like yeah 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 um cool man uh let's let's course, get to the park <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, long story short, uh, he taught me a couple moves. He gave me my introduction to breaking. Um, we had other friends there as well, who I, who I still keep in contact to this day. And they still dance to this day. Did y'all form a crew at the time when y'all yeah. were younger? Yeah, that's basically what happened. What like through our, through our friends, like four, four friends total, we, we started this crew called uh, 2K Tactics. Okay. And this was in Northern Jersey. Is that oh, but, your email yeah, because you're from Jersey. Yeah, I still got two kids. Jersey, I keep tripping. Yeah, yeah, That's I grew crazy. up in Jersey. Um, you know, you know, when from my childhood up until probably like you know eighteen, 
17, 18. Nice. And then I, that's when I started leaving and moving because out to other places. I feel like California people are lazier than New York people. They're more laid back. Yeah, okay, laid back, lazy. Like New Yorkers are like, oh, you're like, I'm gonna be really good at saxophone playing and set it down. I'm just gonna be like an amazing break dancer. Like, I feel like here we're like, we're gonna surf and be mediocre. (laughs) I think we're the shit. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I consider myself an LA native now. I've been here like 10, 10 years, at least 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I think so when, when you've been, in I like space all of those activities. Enough, so. <laughs> surfing, <laughs> exactly. When you've been in the space long enough that you've seen like the city that you're that you're living in change drastically. Like, oh yeah, they used to sell dope down there, and now there's a coffee shop. Like, when you're able to yeah. like notice those changes in the neighborhood, you're like, okay, I'm 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 a native, whatever. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel like you're a native here now? I don't feel I'm a native. I feel like like Oakland, the Oakland area is my home. Like that's like yeah. I have to go anywhere, you can call it your second home. I'll come you know? home and I'm it's it's and it's Oakland. I feel more at home in Oakland than I did in all the years I lived in like San Francisco or down the peninsula or whatever the case is. When I started coming to Oakland, I was like, this is the this is the Bay Area that I've been wanting yeah. my entire time in the Bay Area. I feel that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of ignited everything about me that I wanted. So that's you know. But I'm, I still consider myself New York. I'm, I'm never gonna give that up. I mean, look like, at that. Look yeah. at that. Yeah, it's like an like East Coast. It's like an East Coast, you know, moving to the West Coast thing. You just, you never leave it behind, yeah. Yeah, you just, you, you don't, you don't. It's, you know. Yeah. You, you try to heal from your toxicity, <laughs> but you still try I to. See, I can see you in your head right now. You're having like a reminiscing <laughs> moment. Will I reminisce over you as playing softly? Yeah, in your head? exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. All of the flavor, you know. The yeah. community, the the Latins, the blacks, like all of yeah. that, all of all of that, you like soak that in, you know, in the East Coast. What was and I can't say that about LA necessarily yeah, well, in a different way, actually. <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask what what was the culture shock for you when you moved to LA from the West, from the East Coast, right? Like your Jersey, mm. East Coast. You come to LA. What was like? Goddamn! What what did they they do what out here? Like, what was the the biggest thing that was like the hard thing to transition or to get used to? Uh, I mean, I don't know about like culture because I mean, there's so many great things about Los Angeles, but as far as like, you know, the way the city is, the way the city is like the way it's built, like everything's spread out. Everyone's in their car. Everyone's in their own bubble in their own world. Mm -hmm. And it's not like per se, you know, you're in New York city and everyone's walking, taking the subway. Um, it's more of like an interactive togetherness you know yeah and that's what i relate to certain experiences as a new yorker versus like and everyone hates everything yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and there's just so much you know so much going on like you can just walk outside you know in new york on the street and you'll end up somewhere you even think you're going to end up by the end of the day like oh there's a party here in brooklyn oh there's something happening over here like oh you just meet these new people just walking through central park or something you know just you, you don't know where you where you're gonna do that like that's how i'd be like traveling like i'm just you never been around. you never been to new york when i was younger like mm. 17 and it was like a family trip so it was the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Now. Well, I think I, I think you guys have I, I think you guys have sort of that vibe in in SF too. You know, it's 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 kind of like an East Coast city in the West. Kind of, you know, if you're from yeah, the East you Coast, say, you know the difference. Yeah. Like you, you really know the difference. But I've, I've had wild nights in San Francisco too. But like New York wild nights are 
New York Wild Nights. This is a different, it's a different animal. Okay, together. but yeah, but that's the only like, thing I could right. think of. <laughs> I didn't go to that orgy. No. Must have missed that one. Get the memo. <laughs> Oh shit! But um, but yeah, that, that's the only thing I could really think of, like as far as the difference uh, in in culture shock, you know. Mm. Um, but then I can say a lot of things about Los Angeles that you know New York and the East Coast doesn't have. Like the we have some dope beaches. Mm. Um, there's like you know the skater lifestyle that I really adopted mm. when I moved here. Yeah, you like I got too. into skating. Jesus Christ, this guy does everything. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 I like to cruise. Okay. Yeah. Like the crew. I'm not doing There's all no these crazy tricks or anything. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nah, 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 nah. nah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm old. I don't want to hurt myself. Yeah. yeah. And she mentioned yeah. surfing, you know, and all that. Yeah. So. <laughs> you surf too? No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't. But I don't I'm like, more skate than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like skating and snowboarding. Surfing, I do, but I don't like sharks. And I know that they're there watching me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to stay away from that. Okay. But, um, yeah. I have a question for you. So, then I would say a difference. Actually, maybe not a difference, but how is it? Because I think LA is like super spread out, but it's all also like really oversaturated with people that want to be break dancers, artists, and all of that. Is it yeah. difficult? Do you feel like you're competing with a a larger volume of people, or do you feel like you found a niche and like you're still able to pave a way for yourself out there? Mm, not anymore. I I mean. In the beginning, yeah, it's super, super difficult, really, really hard. Um, I moved out to Los Angeles in 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I didn't even think I was going to make it out. Like, well, at the time, I was living in Philadelphia. Mm. And, you know, just that's like another city, kind of like New York, but a little bit slower paced. Um, but at the time, I was just working, working a regular job, you know, doing different types of uh, gigs and stuff like that. But I always had the dream of coming out to L.A. Like I always saw dancers actually. Yeah, actually dancers from the East Coast that have moved to Los Angeles. And, you know, two, three years later, and I'm like seeing them in music videos, seeing them in movies, seeing them in all these different productions. And I'm like, dang, I was like, is it is it that crazy out there? Like, I didn't even know you can do this. Well, at the time, you know, as a younger kid, I was like, I didn't even know you could do this for a living. I thought, you know, you could just go to jams. Mm-hmm. and just you know practice and and just enter local did you, competitions did you compete? yeah did you go and compete when you got like really dope at dancing <clears throat> were you going to b-boy jams and competing yeah yeah especially in new york tri-state area but especially okay. in new york because i was like right next to there yeah um i would go to like rock steady jams i, I would go to yeah, break beats yeah. um and then when i lived in philly i went to jams out there <clears throat> went to jams you know south of philly like Virginia, Florida, um, just all along the east. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> that's another thing that's difficult is some, winning. <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've won yeah. some and lost some, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, were there a lot of jams when you moved to L.A.? Like, was there, like, a, a, a whole scene that you tapped into because you were a b-boy? Like, you knew where yeah, was, well, I've always looked at Los Angeles from the beginning as being, like, the epicenter of entertainment. Um, not just with what we know as movies and television, but with in the breaking world too. You have the mm-hmm. biggest jams that happen in Los Angeles, Freestyle Session, mm-hmm. um, Outbreak came out to LA. Uh, there's just countless, count Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, you know, I was like, that's the place to be. Like if, if, if I want to make it as a dancer, I got to 
come out to Los Angeles. I considered New York, um, but in my opinion, and from my research, New York is more theater based. Mm-hmm. Um, or they would, you know, um, start the production in Los Angeles and then film it in New York or fly dancers from Los Angeles to New York. Mm-hmm. So I always, always knew that, you know, looking at other dancers and their paths and other B-boys and, and B-girls that I looked up to. Um, so my, a friend of mine, when I lived in Philadelphia, gave me an idea as far as making it out. uh of where i where i where i was where i lived and everything uh in philly and he was like yo uh a a family member of mine um works at the airport and they get flights and transfers you you can even fly out to los angeles as much as you want see see if you feel it out and like it yeah and and you can transfer so to meaning to work there and be based Mm -hmm. there um, so I did that thinking, you know, all right, I'm going to apply for this, uh, uh, airport job. So I applied and everything, and there was a lot of obstacles, you know, you had to do like a month of training before you even get benefits. Oh, damn. Um, then you had to like be a train, like be a student first. And then you had to be a trainee, like another month. To do what? Um, Are you being a pilot or like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's actually like a long process to be like an airport employee, like any of these airport employees, like to, to be like the baggage handler um, or to be a customer service agent or a gate agent. Um, so I applied, you know, for the customer service and it took me two years. It took me two years to get out of Philly. Um, after the two years was up, I had I had given up. I was like, this is never going to happen because there's so much seniority like in the airport and the airline business. There's mm-hmm. people that have been working there since the 70s. So the seniority goes all the way down and and the oldest agents or the oldest uh, employees work in the most, you know, sought out destinations like mm-hmm. Hawaii airport, mm-hmm. Los Angeles airport, I guess, Florida, all the places that you want to go is where the highest seniority is. So I don't know what happened after my two years was up, but I was just getting ready for my shift. And my manager was like, hey, we saw that you put a transfer in like two years ago. They want to see you in the office. And I went to the office and they were like, yeah, um, your transfer is ready. Uh, if you want to go to Los Angeles, um, we, we think, uh, well, I, I don't remember, recall exactly, but I think somebody retired or something. Oh, from <laughs> one of those people with seniority that's yeah. been up there yeah yeah and um they just hit me with it they were like okay well if you're gonna honor this transfer you have a week to move God damn. and i was like a week they're like yep uh let us know by the end of today <laughs> and i was like Damn. And that whole day was just like crazy. <laughs> I hit up all of my boys, I hit up all my friends that lived in Philly. I gathered my roommates that I live with in my apartment. Um, they thought we were gonna have a meeting about cleaning the house. I was like, nope, I'm going to no, LA. I they were like, shoot. Uh, this is unexpected. Had to call my family, let them know. I was like, I'm doing this. 
uh, even though with my family, we've had conversations before, like, you know, I've, I've expressed that to them. Like, I really want to move out West and, you know, pursue my dreams kind of thing. Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, you, you only get this one shot, you know, like it may, it may never come again. And how old were you when and this happened? This was in 2011. I'm okay, 38 yeah, right now. Okay, It doesn't matter. It's not like I'm 50 know. or anything. <laughs> but you were so, like, you know, pretty young kid. Yeah, you know, I was 20. Yeah, I was 28, 27. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it was just like, I was scared. <laughs> I was just like, damn, I'm going to leave everything that I've known for my whole life. 28 years of living on the East Coast. Uh, having my friends nearby, having everything that I Did know you have nearby. Friends in LA at all? Um, I had one cousin and one friend that had moved out there. Okay. So when I got to Los Angeles, that did make it a little bit easier. Okay, cool. Because I had them, you know, to like help me out, introduce me to the city and everything. Yeah, I thought it was. But um, but it like I came to LA with twenty dollars in my pocket. Nah, well, well, the good thing, the good thing is, the good thing is, yeah, I had a job as soon as I as soon as I got there. But um, it was tough. It was it was tough, you know. I had been saving up. Did you like? When was the first time you went to a gym? People were like, "Oh, you're dope." The first chance I got. The first chance I got. I went to my my first gym. Um, uh, I'm I'm like a cipher head, so I I love being like in the cipher and 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 just dancing because as opposed to competitions. You're, you're at the mercy of the DJ, you know, like they're going to play something you may not like mm. um, and you still got a battle. <laughs> mm-hmm. But as opposed to ciphering, you just jump in when you feel in the music, you know, you just whatever song you like. That's a really good so, topic, though. So what what is because I never really think about it like that, because to me, a lot of break songs sound kind of similar. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I would I would um compare it as well to like emceeing, right? Like, let's say you're at an MC cipher. Mm-hmm. And they're playing some beat that you're not really feeling. It's like you're not gonna spit. Yeah. You I know, mean, like you the way you want to. It could be a cool, like it could be a cool tempo, but it's still. Fuck this shit. It could be a cool tempo, but it still may not be like the shit that you're like, oh, I'm gonna tear this up. Yeah, like, like I'm gonna yeah, kill this. Like a whack ass person get the dope beat, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Like I would have <laughs> murdered that shit. What I appreciate okay. about B boys is that y'all still call your parties jam. Right. Like, yeah, I grew up calling yeah. parties jams because I'm from New York and that's what we called them. And that was it was a whole it's a culture. Right. Like people when we thought when we talk about hip hop, we don't often really concentrate on the fact that it's a party environment. Like that's exactly yeah. about the jam. It's about going to this party, having a certain kind of DJ play certain kind of vibes and that people in it make the entire environment. This is why you had different crews. They were party crews. You know what I'm saying? They exactly. They had the B-Boy, they had the MC, and then those party crews, when we get into the 80s, the party crews became the record labels. It became the Def Jam or the, you know, mm-hmm. Nation or whatever the case is. And that's, and then, and you know, and you get that from gang culture and all of that. Like, this is my crew. These are our people. Mm-hmm. These are the, you know, but then now it's the TDE. Now it's the QC. Now oh, it's yeah. Rockefeller. Now it's Live Nate. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's so mm-hmm. crazy how it's evolved, but... When you deal in the world of the, the, the B-boy and the B-girl, they still call it jams and it's still like really organic. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's a party. Yeah, it's a party. And then B-boys, you know, you're supposed to be dancing with girls too. <laughs> not, <laughs> not practicing, you know, on the side, doing your, you know, little six step or whatever you're doing. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's a party. Get involved. You know, enjoy it. And then when the break of the record comes on, something hype. Then you know, make a circle and, and dance. And it's not just the b boys. It's, it's everyone. B girls, um, house dancers. You know, whatever type of dancers. <laughs> so when you first when you first came in, did you just bust in and you knew you're gonna get like another standing ovation, like the saxophone? That's great. <laughs> like were you wel- were you welcomed in the community? Like when you just started going to jams, like people like would started to like, like really okay. start like reaching out to you or like being cool with you, or is more like. No, yeah. Like, well, that well, that's something about the the West Coast is like they they show a lot of love, you know, like mm-hmm. like immediately, you know, everyone, you know, has a whole camaraderie and and everyone's cool, and and they they accept you, you know, right away, um, or at least from my experience, mm-hmm. um, and then the East Coast is kind of like, you know, they give you this this mean mug like before, like who is this guy, you know, mm-hmm. but then you know eventually. I'm gonna like the it, East Coast. I like yeah. that. It's like no, it's like no easy, no easy props in the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like Bill Bow. They're like that too. Like you really got don't they don't fuck with you until you, you come around like a few times and you prove yourself and then like you're like family for life. I kinda like that mentality. Here it's like you just show love to everyone and it's like no yeah. control a little bit. But yeah. But in New so, York they're they're really I mean, snobby until you like prove yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, you're cool, you're cool. All right, like, we'll let you in. Like, you know, what yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's just like you know, every everyone's community and environment, where, wherever they're from, it's a little bit different, you know. As opposed to, let's say, I go to I don't know, some random place like Mexico or mm-hmm. Australia, like have it may be different. International you know? jams? Have you gone to jams in other countries? Yes, yes. Before COVID, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Asia. I've uh, been to Asia. I've been to Malaysia, Thailand, Japan. Ooh, okay. um, I've never been to Europe. I've been mm. trying to go to Europe for the longest time. Yeah, but um, folks there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk yeah. about New York exclusivity. <laughs> no, yeah. they're, they're blatantly racist out there. You know, yeah. They just tell you yeah. what you are. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, going back to your question too, like how, how's the travel been? Uh, recently, you know, I went to Hawaii. Um, and, and, and got a, you know, a feel and, and a taste of the scene out there. And, and if you think, you know, the West coast shows a lot of love, Hawaii shows all the love, yeah, like they're, they're super cool out there. Nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> something about that Island atmosphere, that Island vibe, like mm-hmm. everyone is just like, in in a super chill mood, um, very, very inviting. Like I just everyone's super cool. Before. Really? <laughs> yeah. How do you no, make Hawaii get mad? Like they're, they're, they're no, they they're, live on a so beach. I, I come from a beach town, and so it's like everyone's really territorial there. It's like rocket power, okay? And Where so Hawaii, in Hawaii? Kind of like that with the locals. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I also just was a bitch, but so <laughs> well, it was karaoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was fighting in karaoke. So what are you working on now? Like, you know, I, I, we follow you on, on, on Instagram. Like we went to, we, you and I, we, we all met each other by going to, um, El Salvador. El Salvador. We didn't even yeah. mention so we, that. Should we which is crazy. So we, went, yeah, so we went to El Salvador. You were part of hip hop for changes team that went down there to do education work. Kids loved you. It was, it was a really it's a dope trip. Experience. Yeah. Um, but since then, you know, we've tapped in via social media, whatever the case is. But what have you been working on? Like, we see a lot of your videos of you doing these these really dope 
b-boy like i i want to call them like b-boy routines like you're dancing or you're playing the saxophone you're doing both side by side and you're filming yourself too like you're you're the cinematographer you find cool graffiti backgrounds um and then you bring on (laughs) some of your other artist friends to join you like so that's kind of like and and i particularly enjoy it like that's kind of like what i what i what i look forward to when i when i see you on social media um but but aside from that what else have you been working on what are you what are you looking forward to doing um now that things are opened up shoot first of all i'm glad you noticed all of those things like you broke it down like the artwork the dancer the music the way the cinematography like a lot of people don't think about all that stuff but it <laughs> right, takes a lot right. it takes a lot of work it does it's content <laughs> creation it's not like it's yeah. it's not just kibbles and bits. <laughs> no tiktok ain't easy to film exactly true 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 um but aside from that that's very very hard to say um because i feel like that's what encapsulates my whole being my whole right, living right. um is music and dance um but I'll try. <laughs> um, you guys know, you know, from El Salvador that teaching is also something that I do. Um, I love to teach the kids, pass it on to the next generation. That's 100% what I'm all about as well. So, like, I do, like, private lessons and then um, also group the kids from time to time and go and teach them, like, in an outdoor space that we have here uh, near where I live. Uh, there's a park where I, I has, like, a soccer field and like a turf floor and i just put linoleum out and i have my speaker and uh and we just vibe out you know i gotta teach them some moves and and we cipher and i invite other um b-boy uh uh, and b-girlfriends that i that i know so that they can see you know somebody else besides me dancing and and so they can see like another style another representation uh of of what what can it what can it be totally so yeah, so mainly teaching and um, as far as like keeping up with my health and and uh, uh, stamina, I play basketball. There you go. So I run up and down the court. Um, that's my, don't tell nobody, that's my secret for keeping your stamina with breaking <laughs> is running or, or something, you know, to do with running like basketball. You're telling everyone on this podcast right now. Just letting <laughs> well, you know. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, y'all get the secret, you Audio. know, only right, only right here, only right here on 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 the podcast. That's yes, it. exactly. <laughs> well, shout out your your social medias and and all of that stuff so people can know where to find you and tap in with you if they're they're interested in your work. Yeah, mainly I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook, um, YouTube as well, but it's all Kid Enzo Music Dope. at Kid Enzo Music. Are you going to release any projects like on, on streaming services? Have you ever thought about that? Like- um, the only thing that I have uh, coming up, I'm doing a virtual performance for West Hollywood. Uh, they have, um, what's they call it? We hold, we hold stream live or something like that. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to post it. I'm going to have to post it on my uh, story or something, you know, when it comes up, but it's coming up in, uh, in September. Uh, and I'm, I'll be like live streaming, uh, playing saxophone and dancing and, and collaborating, collaborating with a DJ and a percussionist as well. That's really dope. To do a whole hour yeah, yeah. of live music. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're really looking forward to that, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Yes. It's been really fun, <laughs> man. We got to do it again. We got to definitely get up when we're out in LA. We're going we're gonna to take us to a, tap take in us with to you. a jam. Take us to a jam. Totally. <laughs> I'll be, shimmy. Yeah. The right. only, well, shoot, you said August. 
at the end of July, I don't know if you could come a little earlier, but at the end of July, Red Bull is having uh, the LA Cipher. Damn it. That's oh. <laughs> July 30. Don't quote me on it, but I think it's July 31st. Oh, um, I, if there's I, anything else happening in August, then well, we'll create I'll, a jam. I'll, That's what we'll do. Yeah. We got to definitely, we got to collab, man. I mean, I haven't done much uh, content with, with MCs. Yeah, we should so, film something. That would be You know, awesome. like, Let's yeah. do something, you know, cool. jam or not, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get something happening, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ratchet and Woke Podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, email us questions, comments, and topics, Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com, unlearn the world, Lil MC, Kid Enzo, we thank you, sir, much yeah, appreciated, yeah. peace and love, we out of here. Peace.